Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Good morning, church. How are we all doing? Youth, give me a hey. Give me a hope. Come on, that's good. Hey, we're going to pray this morning really quickly and come around the Word. You know, just over this last week, I've been sitting with God, and I'm just so convinced that without the power and presence of a God in our world, we don't have hope. Without the power and presence and anointing of the Spirit of God in your life, we fall short. And so, Father, I pray right now your Spirit is in this place. God, we are never too proud but to come and sit at your feet and say, Lord, you have all of us. Whatever you need to do in this moment, God, we give you permission to come. We open our hearts to you this morning. We open our arms. God, we're not afraid of who you are. And so in this moment, I would pray, God, that you would come like a flood. Like a cloud, let your glory fall in this place. Let it not be my words, but your words, Holy Spirit. Father, we ask in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. Hey, well, you may be seated this morning. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Justin. I'm one of the pastors here with my beautiful wife, Ange. Sounds so lovely, Ash. But I'll, you, may, you may stop, Ash. You're amazing. Hey, why don't we give Ash a hand? That's just brilliant. Does such a phenomenal job with our worship team. Well, this morning I have the privilege of finishing off the, the, the theme or the series, if you like, that we've been talking around Vision Builder. And so I want to share with you this morning a little bit around this idea of enlargement. You know, enlargement, I think, is a word that we probably hear a lot in church life and in different Christian contexts. You know, get larger, I'm enlarged, we've got to be bigger and be larger. But this morning, Pastor Christian's getting larger, McDonald's will do that to you. But spiritually, I think what I want to do this morning is probably answer questions, go a little bit deeper into why do we need it? Or how do we get it and what happens when we have it, amen? And so 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says this, But we all, with an unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image of glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. You know, as we read the Scripture, it kind of gives us a little bit of a picture and insight into what God wants to do with us, what He wants to achieve with our lives. Because really, at the end of the day, the question is, what is this all for? Why do we do what we do? What is the end game? What is the end plan? What are we heading towards? What is the goal in life? Why do we do what we do, right? And so I think Paul reminds us, God desires in us this, transformation. He wants to transform your life. He's not satisfied with you just being how you are or where you are now, but He desires transformation, ongoing transformation in your life, right? And so if God is going to transform you, if God wants to shift you from glory to glory, then you've got to understand that what that's going to take on your part is forward motion, forward momentum. Because here's the thing, God tasks His Holy Spirit as the agent of change in your world. He has the the responsibility of bringing a supernatural transformation on the inside of you. But you've got to understand the Spirit of God is a moving spirit, right? So the Bible describes Him as a mighty rushing wind. 
as tongues of fire, as a descending dove, as rivers of living water that flow from God, from His throne room to you and I, ever desiring to take us deeper into encounter with Jesus. Amen? And so I think heaven's travel plan, if you like, for you and I individually and collectively then, is this moving us forward, continually moving us forward from glory into glory. And so I wanted to stop there, and I want us to focus for a minute on this idea of moving from glory to glory, right? Glory to glory. God taking us from this place to the next. And I believe what Paul wants us to understand in the context of this scripture is this, transformation is not something that simply happens because God picks you up out of one glory and then drops you in the next season of your life. God doesn't just pick you up and then go, right, I'm going to take you over here and I'm going to put you down and then when that season's over, I'm going to lift you up and I'm going to take you over here and I'm going to put you down in the next glory. But I think what Paul's trying to allude to in the scripture is this, transformation happens in your life as you allow the Holy Spirit to come on the inside of you and you're led by God from glory, the season that you're in, and you transition through something. You transition through a season. You transition through a challenge in your life to the next glory. And when we arrive at the next glory, we arrive a little bit bigger than what we were in the last. But we've got to transition through. So it's this process of transitioning through seasons in your life where you will find the power of transformation begins to happen in your life. Amen? And so I want to focus this morning not so much on the end goal, but I want to focus on this process of transformation. Because I think at the end of the day, if God desires to take us from glory to glory, that scripture says the, the point of that all is to turn us into, or transform us into the likeness of His Son, Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but when I stop and I kind of chew that thought over, I kind of get to thinking, God, really? Because, you know, that's a pretty overwhelming thought, you know? I mean, even for you, God, can you really do that? Can you get me to the end, me and all my dysfunction, in all my insecurities, you reckon I can be transformed into the likeness, not just of anybody, but of your son, Jesus, the one and only, God incarnate, without spot, blinkle, or ramish, you're going to get me to there, right? So I kind of go, all right, God, I believe you, I trust you. So as I said, the scripture paints a bit of a picture about how God intends to do this for you and I. You see, because if we... If we're going to be taken from glory to glory, we've got to be prepared in our life to at some point allow God to take us through things that maybe are a little bit uncomfortable, maybe are a little bit challenging, maybe we don't necessarily want to go through them, but in order for us to keep moving forward, we've got to go through them, amen? And so, I think no one better understands this idea of transformation, because here's the deal, if you are transformed in your life, you'll find yourself spiritually getting a little bit bigger on the inside, right? That's what transformation does for us. And a, and a life that is large is a life that can better facilitate transitioning things in life. You see, if I don't have a large life, and I've got to walk through some things that are pretty hard and challenging, it's pretty easy for the enemy to take me out, right? It's pretty easy for the enemy to sideline me, right? But here's the thing. I think no one better understands that journey or story of transitioning and transformation really than God's children, Israel, right? Because back in the day, God had a plan for Israel. He said, I'm going to take my children out of slavery in Egypt, I'm going to transition them into the wilderness, and then I'm going to move them from there on into a promised land, right? So that's, that's the story, that's the journey. 
But enlargement, really then, I want to premise, premise what I'm going to tell you this morning by saying this. God's plan for transformation for you and I means that He doesn't want you to stay motionless. He doesn't want life to come to a state of motionless where you just stagnate through seasons, right? He wants to take you from where you've been to where you are, but then He wants to take you on into the things that He's called you to, the promises that He has for you, amen? He wants to keep you moving forward. And I want to challenge you and say that often you will find on, in those seasons on the front line of being ready to transition through something with God, where God's calling you out of the boat, so to speak. God's saying, I want you to trust me, believe me, and walk with me. And you know it's right, but it's kind of, I've got to take that step out of something. I've got to walk through something with God. I kind of believe He's going to get me to the other side. It's in those moments in your life where you'll find the enemy comes against you the hardest. The enemy will push back on you. The enemy will try and stop you from moving forward. You see, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but underneath that, what he's trying to do is stop momentum in your life. Stop you moving with God. Stop you transitioning that glory to glory, which is God's plans, right? And so what you will find, because the enemy understands this, if, he, if God can keep you moving, if you can transition with God through seasons in your life that are hard, what happens in that enlargement process is, Isaiah says, you begin to stretch open your tank peg. You begin to get a little bit larger in life. You begin to believe God for those things that maybe once were a little bit crazy. You begin to journey. You're not knocked down so easily. And if you're taking ground, guess what? The enemy's losing ground. And so you're finding in those seasons where you've got to step out that you feel the enemy's trying to pull you back. The enemy always wants to put, his direction is backwards, right? God's direction is forward. The enemy wants to pull you back into old mindsets, into old ways of thinking, into bad habits, into bad relationships, into bad influences. But at the same time, sometimes we can feel God egging us on. I want to stretch you forward. I want you to trust me, but you've got to take the step out of the boat. I want you to follow me because I've got an end in mind for your life. But you've got to trust me. And so it's in that stage where we sometimes feel like we're getting pulled back. God's trying to pull us forward. And we don't know, we're wrestling with it. It's in that place I want to tell you the good news is that's where you begin to develop character in your walk with God. That's where you begin to develop perseverance. That's where you get a bit of grit on the inside of you, and that power of transformation gives birth in your life. All right? So, I wanted to consider really quickly for a moment Caleb. Now, I love Caleb. I've been reading about Caleb for the last couple of weeks, and he's, man, he's my new best friend, Caleb. The Bible talks about Caleb. Caleb was a guy that saw it all, experienced it all. He was a, a, a guy that was in Egypt, under slavery and bondage, under Pharaoh. He was a, a guy that followed God through the wilderness and eventually a guy that entered the promised land to inherit all that God had given him. So Caleb really had seen it all. And I like to think of him almost as a silent partner in the duo that's Joshua and Caleb. You hear a lot about Joshua, not so much about Caleb, right? And the crazy thing is Joshua and Caleb were the only two guys of their whole generation that actually entered the promised land. The rest of their generation died out in the wilderness. But the Bible says because of a spirit that was in Caleb, God allowed him, and in Joshua, God allowed them to transition into the promised land and experience the promise he had for them. So the Bible talks about Caleb as having a spirit of great faith. Caleb had this ability, this faith to unquestionably believe that his God was able his God is able. God is able. And church, I want to tell you this morning, if you and I want to lay hold of what God has for us, really want to lay hold of breakthrough, 
want to lay hold of blessing, want to see go, God go before us in our kids' lives and in all that we do in business and everything that we do. We need to get to a point like Caleb where we believe in the inner being that our God is able, that our God is able to do exceedingly abundantly, that nothing is too hard for our God, amen? And so we come to the story, it's in Numbers 13, chapter 1, and it's God taking Israel to the promised land for the first time, right? Believe it or not, they had to go back a second time, but we get to the end of the desert for the first time, and God says to Moses, right, I want you to send 12 guys, 12 leaders from the tribes of Israel into the promised land, and I want you to scope it out, do a bit of a recce, go through, have a look at what's there, and then come back and report to Moses. And so we kick off in verse 1, it says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I'm giving to the children of Israel. That's significant, remember that. From each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man, everyone a leader among them. So Moses gets them together, he sends them out into the promised land, and for 40 days they're walking around in the promised land, getting a bit of an idea of what it's all about. But I want to premise by saying this. You've got to understand that this was the land God had given his people. This was the land God said, even before they were in Egypt, God had the plan in mind that I'm going to deliver my people and I'm going to give them a promised land. That's their land. So this sending the spies out into this land was not to figure out how or if we'll strategize about how they're going to get the promised land, right? That wasn't the job. God wasn't asking them for that. What God wanted to do was send 12 people representing his children into a land he had promised to see that as they beheld everything before them, good and bad, would they believe, would they believe that their God was able to give them the land that he had promised them? He was testing the hearts of his children to see whether or not they would make a decision to say, God, you know what? This is our land. You have given us this, right? And so we find then, if we go down to verse 26, that they departed, they went and saw, scoped out the land, they came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh, and they brought back word to them and to all the congregation, showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites, they dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. So this is the picture, right? Moses sends out 12. And he says, guys, be of good courage. This is our land. God's given it. But go suss it out. See what it's about. So day one, the great inauguration, people get sent into the land. We're all feeling good, giving each other hugs, waving each other goodbye. Blow the trumpet horn. Let's go suss it out. It's good news. Then probably about day 10 in the promised land, it's like, man, this is a vast wilderness. We've been walking for ages. It's beautiful. It's lush, but it's pretty big. It's very different to what we've seen, but that's okay. God's promised us this land. It's fine. Then by day 20, Bruce, have you seen how many cities are sitting in this promised land? And they're big cities. I mean, those walls are huge. I could just imagine the people that built them. It's, it seems quite imposing, but I suppose, you know what, God's given us this land, so we shouldn't really worry about this. It's okay. Let's just keep spying it out. Day 30, Bruce, have you seen all these armies asleep under these trees? These giants in the land, I mean, the size of that guy's legs about the wide, as wide as three of us put together, and his spear's massive, and his shield's big. If we wake him up, we're gone. Now I'm a bit nervous. Have we crossed over into someone else's land? Because this was what God was going to give us, but now I'm a little bit scared at everything I've seen, and I'm not sure. By day 40, 
the guys are walking out of the promised land, right, back to Moses. So remember day one, we're in a, this is our land, this is awesome. Day 40, we're coming out of the land, and this is what they say to Moses. We are not able. We cannot do this. We can't go up against these people, for they are stronger than we are. And they, they gave Israel a bad report. They said, the land that we've just gone through, it's a land that devours its inhabitants. The land through which we have gone as spies is a land. It's just, it's not good, Moses. In there are men of great stature. We saw giants. Giants. We were like grasshoppers in their sight. And so we were in their sight. So all of a sudden, Moses is just getting smacked around by bad report and people feeling deflated and all the negatives coming back. And so what's changed? In 40 days, all of a sudden, what's happening? But this is what I love. Here enters the spirit of Caleb. Here enters the spirit of Caleb. Caleb quiets the people down. He says, shut up. Let me talk. And he says, Moses, I want to tell you this. Let us go up to the land and take it at once for we are well able to overcome it. I want to tell you this is what's happening. The children of Israel, 10 of them, walked into a land that was foreign to them that God had promised them, never ever believing that promise. They walked into a land never ever believing the promise maker. In other words, everything they saw, they walked through the land never ever believing that their God in fact was able. And so every challenge, every discouragement, every setback, every giant, every city they saw, what they did was they took that problem and they contextualized it against their ability to overcome. And they fell far short and they said, man, we cannot do it. We do not have what it takes to take this land. Caleb walked into the promised land believing from the beginning the promise of his God. He believed his promise maker. Caleb walked in believing, do you know what? My God is able. And so the same problems, the same challenges, the same giants, the same cities he saw, he interpreted that against his God's ability and said, you know what? My God is able to do this. So what's the problem? What's the problem? Let's go up and take it. My God is able. Amen? And I can just imagine how Caleb would have tried to respond and reason with these 10 if we were there. You know, here the, here the ten again. You know what, Moses, we're not able to go, go up against the people for they're stronger than we. And Caleb's like, yes, they are, but guess what? Oh, God, he's stronger, guys. He's stronger. Yeah, but that's great, Caleb, but the land we've gone through is spies. It's a land that it devours its inhabitants. And all the people we saw in it are men of great stature. That's what we saw. Caleb's like, yeah, but guess what? Oh, God's greater. Oh, God's greater. That's cool. But they said, yeah, no, but we saw giants, Caleb. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, never mind in their sight. Yeah, that's fine, they're large, but guess what? God is larger. God is larger. You see, you've got to understand the decision God made, had to make, whether or not he was going to let them go into the promised land, or he was going to let them wander a dry desert for 40 years, pretty big decision God had to make, hinged, literally hinged on whether or not in that moment his children would make the decision to believe simply, God, you're able. God, you can do this. And because of unbelief, and because of doubt, God said, sorry guys, let's go this way. And it took 40 years of a generation to die out before he could bring his people back to a place where finally they said, God, you know what? You're able. We can do this. You're able. I want to tell you, church, never underestimate what is at stake in your life in those seasons where you find yourself having to come to a point of going, God, are you, are you able? Can you do this? 
you know, maybe it's, it's something you've got to trust him for. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your work life. Maybe it's just something that's gone wrong in your, in your kids. Whatever it is, you've come to these moments of transition in your life where when all is said and done, you've got to just believe, God, are you able to get me through this? God, does your word mean what it says? Do you have the ability, literally, if I step out of the boat like Peter on the water and I walk towards you, are you going to get me through this problem? Are you going to look after my kids? Are you going to help me save my marriage? Are you going to open the doors of heaven and bring finance into my world because right now i got nothing? God, are you able? And can I tell you, church, God waits for those moments to see what you will do. God waits for those opportunities because he's just ready, church. He's ready to pour out the resources of heaven over your life. He says, my son, if you would just, my daughter, if you would just, I know it looks bad. I know the promised land right now doesn't look like much of a promise, but if you would simply believe that I am able and transition with me from glory to glory, I will bring transformation in your life. I will transform something in your world. Amen. Come on. I want to, I want to, I felt God put in my heart. I want to encourage you this. You know, we all have a story. And in those moments where we're on the edge, and we're going, God, I don't know. I don't know, God. I don't know. I want you to, God, you know, look back and remember the seasons where I've come through for you. Look back and remember those times that I've answered a prayer. Honestly, you thought God wasn't going to answer. Look back in those moments where God has brought you through something that honestly you thought was going to be the end of you. Because the difference is, I think when Caleb was walking through the promised land, and he was looking at giants, and he was looking at these fortified cities, he remembered the season in Egypt when a God he knew delivered his people under the, the bond and the yoke of, of Pharaoh and delivered them out. And he remembered a God that before his own eyes split the Red Sea and offered his people passage through. And he remembered that, and he said, you know what? This isn't any different. God, you're able. If you are able then, you don't change. You're able now. And when Israel finally took the promised land and Joshua led them over the Jordan and they started fighting one nation after the next after the next, I believe Caleb was strengthened that he looked back and he said, I remember a God who brought down the walls of Jericho. I remember a God who literally caused the sun to stand still in the sky so we could vanquish our enemies. I remember a God who sent angels before us and wiped out armies in a moment. So you know what? My God is able. I can do this. I'm strengthened. Let's take the next city. Let's take the next nation. Let's go from glory to glory. Whatever it is that I've got to transition through, it's okay because my God is able. My God is faithful. Amen. You know, if we fast forward 45 years from those stories, we find this amazing scripture in Joshua 47. And it's I'm going to summarize it, but it's really a conversation between Caleb and Joshua, and they've come to the end of all their fighting. And now it's time to inherit the promised land, right? And so Joshua says to, uh, Caleb says to Joshua, you know, I was 40 years old when this all started. When I first beheld the land and I gave report on what was in my heart, what I saw, and remember those 10, they gave a report that was bad and they discouraged people. So we ended up walking around in the wilderness. But this is what I've done. This is my life. Joshua, I have wholly followed my God. So because I have wholly followed my God, every place that the sole of my foot will tread upon, God has promised to me. Every place that I walk, God said he's going to be with me. God has been with me 
over these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now here I am this day, 85 years old. But if you read a little bit on, the amazing thing about the story, it says that God had preserved Caleb, that he was just as strong, just as able, just as switched on as a warrior when he was as 40 as he is now at 80. Nothing had changed. Like God had just paused time. And so at 85 years, Caleb says, now's my time. Joshua, give to me the land that God has promised me. And so Joshua says, go, great, take it. Now at 85, just remember, 85 years old, Caleb goes and takes his inheritance, which is basically a mountainside. On there are fortified cities with the descendants of giants living in them. Caleb goes up there, chases them all out, inherits that whole mountain range, dwells in that city at 85 years of age. I want to tell you that is a picture of transformation in somebody's life. That is someone that started off as a young slave under the yoke and bondage of a cruel pharaoh in Egypt, right? Who then simply made a decision looking at God saying, God, you know what? Through every season, I'm just going to follow you. I'm going to allow myself to transition. I don't know the end result, but I'm going to allow myself to transition from glory to glory, out of Egypt into the wilderness. God, if I've got to follow you for 40 years in 40 years, I watch you doing miracles. I watch you saving my people. I watch you feeding us miraculously. I watch your hand of grace, of mercy over my life. And so I'm transforming, I'm being transformed, I'm being transformed. Eventually, after 40 years in the desert, we transition into your promises. 32 kings later, 32 nations later, here I am talking to Joshua saying it's now my time to inherit the land. But can I tell you, if God had picked up Caleb as a slave boy in Egypt and placed him on the mountain and said, go and drive out the giants, those cities are yours, what do you think Caleb would have done? God, you're joking. I can't do that. I don't have the ability for that. I'm overwhelmed by that. I'm scared by that. But no, the power of transformation in your life, church. For 85 years later, an 85-year-old man, not really, but says, let me at him. Joshua, move out of the way. I don't care, there's giants, I'm going to take them on. That's my land. I believe my God. I've been following my God for 85 years. I've seen him part Red Seas, heal the blind, deliver those that are sick, wipe out Egypt, wipe this out. My God can do it. It's not even a question. My God is able. Amen. Ash, if I can get you up, that would be great. That would be wonderful. You know, really, in all said and done, I think we run the risk as a people of God who forget to ask ourselves the question sometimes, why do we need this? Why do we need to be enlarged? And quite honestly, church, it's because this is not all there is for you right now. God has so much more for you right now. You know, uh, Caleb could have crossed the Jordan River, put his foot on the promised land and said, God, this is cool. This is great. I'm happy here. Thank you for getting us into the promised land. But that's not all God had for him. But in order to get him to where God wanted him to, Caleb had to partner with God and say, you know what, I'm going to follow you through the battles, through the disappointments, through the blessings, and I'm just simply going to believe this, that you are able. And if I believe that, then God, I know you somehow you're going to get me to the end. Amen. You know, I think sometimes we can spend too long in the dry places, that we get used to manna. And we forget that our God has milk and honey for us waiting in the promises of God. You know, I think we can spend too much time on those platforms of familiarity, 
on those platforms where things are just dry, we get used to dry in our world, that we forget God has a land that is rich and fertile waiting for us in His promises. We get so used to living with dysfunction. We get so used to living with chains, living with burdens, not believing in who we are, that we forget a life that is meant to be lived free in Christ. You know, and I said at the beginning of this message, without the presence of God, we don't have much. Without the Spirit of God inside of us, without that transforming power of heaven over us, we miss out on so much. I want to encourage you this morning, God has so much more. Why don't we stand this morning? Why don't we just close our eyes for a minute? You know, I just want to give the Holy Spirit just one minute. Why don't you just quiet yourselves right now? Just look away to God. Because I'm telling you, I feel the Spirit of God is saying, now is your time. Now is your time to follow after me. Now is your time to step out of the boat. Now is your time to start believing that I am able to shift things in your world that you've lived with for far too long. I'm telling you, church, our God is able. Some of you need to catch the revelation again that our God is able. The season of you standing in the dry place is over. The season of you standing on the place that you've always known is over. The time has come where God would call you forward and if you would just be prepared to transition with Him, just lay hold of Him and say, God, I believe as Caleb did, that spirit of Caleb right now, I believe that you are able to get my kids through what they're going through, that my marriage is not over, that my finances are coming, that that healing is coming. God, I know you have it for me and I want to journey with you until I reach it. Until I lay my foot upon it, I'm telling you, there is land that has been unclaimed that God wants you to claim this morning in Jesus' name. There is a fruitful marriages this morning God wants you to claim in Jesus' name. There are kids that are going to be used by God this morning in the house. He wants you as a parent to claim in Jesus' name. If you would just say, my God is able. He's going to begin to stretch open your tent pegs. He's going to lift your eyes. And you will be amazed at what he can do. Like Caleb, 85 years of following after his God, I believe he stood on the cities he inhabited and he looked out over Canaan with a smile on his face and he said, God, you are so able. You have been so faithful. When I doubted, I hang on. When others left, I was there. When people wanted to turn back, we pressed forward. And here I am, free. Inheritance over my life. I'm telling you, church, God is disgruntled with people that, that haven't, haven't stepped out. And He wants to say, if you would just trust me, this is a moment where if you would just say, you know what, I'm tired of the old. I'm tired of the dry. God, I want you to stretch me. I want you to enlarge me. I want to believe again that you are able to do the impossible in my life. I'm telling you this morning, the Holy Spirit is here. And I want to stand with you and believe that today something's going to shift in your world. Today, God is going to take you forward on a promised land. There's breakthrough coming this morning. I believe God wants to give fresh revelation of who He is, of His Spirit this morning.
If that is you, I don't want you to wait. I want you to come up the front right now. I want to pray with you. That today's the day God's going to shift something in your world. That's you right now. You say, Justin, it's time for me to transition out. It's time for me to move on from where I am. I want to break through something this morning. I want to break through something. If that is you right now, why don't you come out the front? I want to stand with you. I want to pray with you. I want you to believe this morning that your God is able. Your God is able. Now is a moment. Now is an opportunity. Do not miss it. I'm believing if you would just take a step of faith this morning, and I feel like some of you are just wrestling with that right now. God, do I, don't I? And you're feeling that enemy trying to pull you back and say, don't do it. Don't step out. Don't be silly, but just do it this morning. Just do it this morning. I'm telling you right now, God will bring breakthrough in your life. God's going to shift something in your life. If you would just take that step of faith right now and say, God, it's time. I want to be enlarged. It's time. I want to be enlarged. I'm not accepting the lies of the enemy. I'm not accepting the chains of the enemy. I'm not accepting what he's put around my life. Today I break through. Today I move forward. Today I step out. Come on, I'm telling you, there's more people here this morning. Now is the time God is going to touch you. Now is the time God is going to bring breakthrough in your world. He's got so much more in store for you, church. There is a promised land. There is blessing waiting for you. There is breakthrough. There is breakthrough for you right now. In Jesus' name, I might ask if we could just go into a time of worship. Please don't run away. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is here and He's doing a work in lives. Miracles are going to happen this morning. If we were to stay in that place of worship, that would be wonderful while we pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Those of you up the front, now's the moment. I'm telling you, just press in. Just lay claim. You know, Caleb had to dig his heels in a little bit. When everyone said it can't be done, stop trying. It's pointless. Don't worry about it. Caleb said, shush, shut up. This is what my God says. This is who my God is. This is what my God has promised, and I will follow him. If it's just me, I'm going to follow him. If I look like a turkey, it's okay. I'm going to follow him because he's taking me into something far greater. This morning, make a stand with me, church, and believe our God is able. Our God is able. Thank you, worshipers. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.